Welcome to the Ethos Podcast, where we chat about Web3 and how it applies to consumer brands. My name is Matias Marquez, and I'm the CEO of Ethos, a company that is on a mission to accelerate the world's mass adoption of digital assets by humanizing, simplifying, and facilitating rich experiences for brands and their customers. In this episode, I have the pleasure of chatting with Sebastian Davies, the VP of Research at Aquanel. Aquanel is a leading infrastructure and liquidity provider that enables institutional use cases for cryptocurrencies. During our chat, we dive into the topic of cryptocurrencies and discuss how brands can benefit from this aspect of Web3. Sebastian from Aquanel, great to have you on. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. Cool, cool. Well, let's get right into it. So what is uh, what is Aquanel and, and uh, maybe you can help us understand a bit on, on what cryptocurrencies are and how they play a role. But l- let's start with your journey. So, so how did you get into... Um, call it Web three, and how did and, and maybe just a little bit on Aquanow as well. Absolutely. Uh, so um, I used to work in traditional finance. I worked on a trading floor, um, selling like um, equity derivatives. Uh, and I moved from Vancouver to Toronto in the middle of the pandemic. And uh, Toronto being one of the most locked down cities in North America, I wasn't able to uh, make a lot of friends. Uh, and so a lot of the extra time I used to spend researching ideas for for you know for clients and that kind of thing, um, I had spare time now. Um, and so some friends of mine really kind of like beat me over the head and said, look, you got to look at this uh, DeFi stuff. It's super interesting. I, so the first thing I looked at was uh, Aave, which is like a codified lending market. And I always thought the banking model was pretty cool. And so then once I started looking into this and I'm like, wow, this is really awesome. They, they codified this. Uh, this is fascinating. And then I really fell down the rabbit hole. And then um, the more the more I started to read about stuff, the more I just it started to resonate with me. Like everywhere I'd be, like even at work, I'd see things and be like, oh, wait, like, this technology is going to change this. Or I'd see some of the large bulge brackets putting out research about this kind of stuff. And I'm like, it seemed to me that I could sit in my desk and wait for innovation to come to me, or I could try to go somewhere and lead yeah. that innovation push. Uh, and I had known the guys from Aquanow for a while. And so I kind of reached out to them and asked if I could join. And uh, it worked out well. Um, and then Aquanow's uh, core product is uh, liquidity and trading infrastructure. So they have um, some APIs that they offer um, for, for trading and for payments. And... Uh, what that allows people to do is to tap into like global pools of liquidity and then have um, that flow through to like one you know simple point of, of uh, you know contact through the API to get pricing and, and order books and all that kind of stuff. Um, and so we offer that uh, to a variety of, of individual like to companies I guess it's always B2B um, and it would be like uh, a mix of you know sometimes something like crypto native like an exchange or an OTC desk yeah. or something that's a little bit more like a regulated financial service like a robo advisor or a neo bank um, and then oftentimes even just like corporate uh, corporates who need to move money around the world in a, in a fast and efficient way we can do that as well am I oversimplifying it by one calling you guys like quants and, and then two um, quants that are very good at like helping others move and transact with cryptocurrency kind of behind the scenes uh, no, it's actually a really good uh, assessment. Like uh, we, the the founders for sure have that background uh, unquestionably. I think a lot of the work we do now would be kind of like backend infrastructure. Got it. Uh, we do have some um, user like uh, user interfaces built on top of the AU, uh, the, the APIs, but um, you know I think the yeah like initially the product was. We can tap like the Bitcoin dollar spread in Canada was about two percent wider than it would have been um, based on global exchanges wow. and then adjusted for the uh, for the FX rate, and so that's where they saw they're like, oh, we used to build electronic trading systems at banks. We can we can you know super cool aggregate this in, and then you know that was kind of how the the company got started. What what I love about what I've learned about Aqua now is that it's it's very real use cases for cryptocurrencies for really like large and and real organizations. Um, and it's just like the piping and helping them transact and, and, and facilitate those use cases. 
Um, but it's so interesting, right? So obviously, when the market was just developing, there was probably these huge spreads that needed to be kind of shrunken. Um, super, super cool. Yeah, just like a market inefficiency, right? Yeah. Like, and you, you heard about that happening in, in other markets in Asia, famously, right? Like the, yeah. the kimchi swap and all that kind of stuff like that. Uh, um, or the kimchi spread, I guess. Um, and uh, yeah, and then in Canada, it's not a huge market, so you didn't really hear about it as often. But then these guys were able to see that opportunity and then take that and grow the business elsewhere just by, you know, really we compete on service uh, more than anything else, right? Like prices are pretty tight across the world nowadays. Yeah. And so, you know, the, the guys, we have like a, you know, a regular trading desk that's available anytime. You know, we do offer like API contact for most people, but if someone needs to get a hold of us, like there's someone around all the time to be able to reach us. So, so th there's a lot of cryptocurrency and a lot of transactions happening, uh, both at the consumer level and both maybe at like the B2B level. But it probably is surprising to most people just the sheer like numbers and the volumes. Like it's it's not a small amount of volume that's happening, right? Like. No, um, it'd be actually kind of a tough question to answer just in terms of like how much volume yeah. there is because wallet to wallet transfers, I don't know how like, uh, I'm sure you could aggregate that with like yeah. an SQL type of uh, database, but I mean, we're doing, you know, single digit billions a month and, you know, we're not a, you know, super well-known company or whatever else, right? Uh, I think we're still like a, you know, um, uh, you know, uh, a significant player in the, in the yeah. industry, but for us, that would be like, you know, the, the case there and... Um, you know, it does fluctuate with the cyclicality, yeah. but, you know, we'll, we'll see what ends up happening when we come out of the, the current market conditions into something more positive. But, yeah, you know, still still moving funds around for, for a number of different use cases. Yeah, yeah. So there's a lot moving around, um, which I, I'm sure is surprising because a lot of people don't interact with crypto on a, on a daily basis. But this is um, really, really helpful. So maybe just kind of backing up. So, like, what is cryptocurrency? Uh, what are they? And then uh, maybe I'll ask you how the use cases that you see kind of predominantly around them. Yeah, I mean, there there be different definitions of cryptocurrency depending on you know how you know uh, wide of a lens you wanted to take. I think you know Bitcoin uh, is like kind of the original um, yeah. cryptocurrency is is a kind of akin to like a digital gold, for example. At least that's how I like to think about it. Uh, it's a you know non-sovereign store of value. Um, now it's got a you know a volatile value, but uh, <laughs> that's you know because it's nascent, I think, and it's um, it's a real. Um, like its value is underpinned by network effects. Similar to gold, like enough people believe that gold is yeah. valuable and that's why it has value. The industrial applications of it are pretty much nil these days. Yeah. Um, and then in uh, Bitcoin, it's kind of similar. Like people built this network, they had this token associated with it uh, and some kind of game theory and, and you know other type of elements uh, embedded into the, into the code. And um, as a result, you have this thing that enough people believe in and they continue to and that number grows then the, the value of it tends to go up as well. Uh, it's, but it's very easily transferred. Um, it's not censorable and all that. Like there's a, there's a lot of benefits to that, uh, maybe a, uh, above what we can do with our, you know, the traditional yeah. banking rails. Um, and then, you know, I think while they're not off, it's not, not often like bracketed into the same uh, term as cryptocurrency, but stable coins are another super important uh, innovation. If not, maybe like the, you know, the killer app of, of, of okay. digital assets right now where <clears throat> like in the, in the most uh, like secure version of these, you'd have like a, a, a bank account or several bank accounts with dollars in it. And then you'd have a digital representation of, of a token to okay. match each dollar in that bank account. Um, now, sometimes that could be in a money market account or some other form of, you know, uh, in this case, U.S. dollars. But there's like a one-for-one -one relationship and there's a mint and burn kind of um, okay. uh, uh, function, which means 
I can bring uh, fiat currency by wire to the bank account, and then I will get um, tokens minted onto the blockchain. Because it's, it's going to match. That's the whole point of it. Exactly, yeah. yeah. And conversely, I can take the tokens and say, here, um, you know, service provider, I'd like to exchange my tokens for fiat, and they will wire you money in, in like and then burn your those. bank account. Exactly, yeah. And so uh, the main, the main kind of unlock there is that all of a sudden you can have something that's represented one for one um, with, uh, you know, uh, dollars or yeah. euros or whatever it might be in a bank account that can flow on chain and then um, all of a sudden transactions can happen where it, it's very similar to what we're used to in our digital rails today yeah. where it's like oh but because it's blo on the blockchain it's got a lot more composability there's programmability around <coughs> it you can set up a lot more um, you know smart functionality with it and so as a result uh, um, you've got this kind of uh, you know uh, like technological advancement of, of currency um, that's represented on this, this, this nascent ecosystem um, that people can continue to experiment with. Um, and so it, it's pretty interesting. But at the, at the end of the day, it's really just a digital dollar that's yeah. represented for one for one at a bank. There have been others who have messed around with some yeah. different, different iterations of that, but it, you know, it gets a bit confusing that way. And, um, but I think, you know, to me, like those would be the, the closest thing we have to uh, like, you know, blockchain versions of what happens in the real world. So like Bitcoin being like mm -hmm. a digital gold, and like a source of you know non-sovereign store of wealth, and then these like um, centralized stable coins where there's like one-for-one -one representation of currency in a bank account. Yeah, like, like this all to me makes a lot of sense because I'm not one of these people that that think it's going to be all crypto or crypto is not going to exist, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. I, I think that there's use cases, and when it comes to Bitcoin, like I, I get it, like it's it's a version of gold, right? It's a version of, you know, storing value without having to like literally hold it and, and have custody and that type of stuff. And it's digitally, um, like it's digital first and it has existed. And it, I don't think Bitcoin's going anywhere. So I understand the use case for Bitcoin. Stable coins, um, I, I think there's more to learn about stable coins, especially because they're not as like well known about, but it sounds like they're very good at facilitating transactions online that are pinned and backed and, and, and directly exchangeable for fiat currencies. Is that right? Absolutely. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Um, you know, it's, it's uh, you know, you, you can move money around the world incredibly fast and in, in, inexpensively doing that. Like, I mean, there's always compliance considerations, yeah. right? Like you have to, like, you have to, you have to follow the rules of yeah. each jurisdiction you're operating in. But like, you know, if you want to send money um, to, say, for example, from Canada to the Philippines, right? Yeah. It's like you send money, uh, you go to go to your bank, you got to wait in line, you got to fill out the wire forms. Uh, if you make a mistake on that wire form, that's your mistake. And if the funds, yeah. if the funds get lost, that's like, you know, uh, yeah. that's, your, that's your issue. Then uh, the, the funds will often go to a, a corresponding bank and then they'll go to, uh, to the destination bank. Oftentimes there's like one, two or three fees charged along the way. Uh, it's a manual process. There can be time. like, um, you know, data entry errors. Uh, there's sometimes incidents of frauds, you know, not at the, not at like, yeah. the, you know, the Canadian bank, but sometimes that can happen elsewhere. And then there's like, you know, fees on, on the back end as well. Um, and the whole process can take, you know, upwards of a week or, or longer and charge and like, you know, be exorbitant amount of fees. Like for small transfers, it's, it's, you can't do it because yeah. like you're paying hundreds of dollars just to do the transfer. Whereas you could do that with, with stablecoin for pennies in, in like minutes. So why haven't stablecoins been more, <clears throat> like more widely known about? Because it, when you explain it, I go, wow, this is just a more efficient way to move money around without all these intermediaries and all these fees while still preserving the benefit of the money being directly related to like the US dollar or the Canadian dollar. So like, w what do you think has been the reason for like the, I don't want to say lack of adoption because they're, they're already being used a lot, but for like the mainstream adoption? I think the <clears throat> reason why we haven't heard about them a, a ton in like the developed world is because 
um, our our digital rails are already pretty good. You know, like there's this mm. kind of like uh, you know made up benchmark where it's like, is it ten times better than yeah, the current yeah. situation? It's like, and if, you know, stable coins in in like North America, it's like you don't Two really notice better. a huge <laughs> yeah. difference, right? Like, yeah. it's there's some cool things you can do with them, and you know, like there there's some some fees that can be bypassed, but it's not like a major difference. Whereas in international in the international world, it's it's massive, and that's why you've seen like huge adoption there. And a lot of times they're doing a lot of their banking on the mobile phone, or or if they don't do any banking at all, but now that they've got access to wallets with digital currencies. Now they can actually have access to banking-like services where they didn't before. Super interesting. Okay, so 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 Bitcoin store of value is kind of akin to gold. Stable coins more efficient and effective way to transact kind of globally and move money around without so many intermediaries. Um, where does like ETH and Solana and Matic and like these other tokens that are also seen as cryptocurrencies like like what, like 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 where do they fit in? Like what are they? Yeah. So those would be. Um, uh, so the, the the tokens like represent um, layer one blockchains, and um, what that means is like uh, different. If, if Bitcoin was designed to be like a digital gold, uh, Ethereum is meant it's like it's like an application layer, mm. and so you can have things that are like smart contracts um, or just think of them like applications where you can build functionality on top of it, and then um, have like consensus or or. Um, like you know, state or uh, like finalized like uh, you know proof of co- uh, transactions or whatever it might be settled at a at, on the Ethereum yeah. layer, which is decentralized, secure, and like you know immutable, and, and um, therefore um, you know has a very high level of trust. Um, and so, if in order to transact on something like Ethereum or Solana or um, you know some of the other layer ones that you mentioned, you have to um, pay uh, yeah. or pledge a certain amount of of, of, of you know. Uh, currency and the currency that that um, layer or the layer ones accept is this this token. And so, um, as demand for transactions on those chains go up, then the um, demand, like the the price of that token, can appreciate. Um, you know, so we'll see. It's 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 still really early in some of that, and like there's a lot of different theories about whether or not those those layer one tokens have a lot of value, um, uh, because uh, you know, out it, it there's there's different ways of. Um, uh, of like conceptualizing what what value in that situation could look like, right? Because uh, a, lot, a lot of the newer chains they char- they are they can process a ton of transactions at very low cost, and then in which case it's like you don't really need a lot of this token yeah. to, uh, to to be transacting on it, and so it might not be. Um, and then there's almost this negative incentive of having a very expensive token because then the the yeah. transact the cost of transacting on it goes up, but. The, on the flip side, you want to have a high uh, pr- uh, token price so that people are incentivized to stake that token, or uh, let's just say use that token to secure the network. Yeah. Um, so there's kind of this this um, you know, this balancing act here, but I think you know ultimately the what 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 really kind of reigns supreme in this is the is like the network effect can, yeah. can really buoy the value. So the more people that you have building applications on top of the um, network, and the more people you have interacting with the network on a daily basis. Um, tends to bring value with it, um, yeah. and that that's been you know sh- true in like the regular inter- the internet that we have today, as well as in these these um, blockchains. It, it's so interesting, but it, it all like to me is like really you know it, it makes sense, right? Like Bitcoin is like digital gold. These stable coins are the, the ability and, and kind of a more efficient way to transact globally and like not to pay so many intermediaries, and, and it still have the benefit of being referenced to something like the U.S. dollar. And then when it comes to like Ethereum. Or, or or Matic or you know these these uh, layer one um, tokens. It's really just like what you feed the machine with, 
right? It's it's like it's like that's how you pay to have the servers running and the transactions and 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 how people get rewarded. And it's just like the the native kind of like coin or or um, it's like the food that the network has to eat to stay alive. Yeah, um, yeah, that's that's a great way to frame it. And I mean, um, there's certainly a lot of people in the community who would disagree with my stance on this, but you know. There, there was a time where people said Bitcoin is money, right? And then the problem is, is that if it was to be adopted by a lot of people, that would go away because you just can't transact yeah, with it. Too enough, slow. Right? Yeah. Now, there's innovations that are being built yeah. to to um, to address that. And so we'll see what ends up happening with it. But then, yeah, and then so some people kind of said like, oh, well, like Ethereum is money. And it's like, well, yeah, but it's not really, right? Like it's, it not, feeds, it's not the same it feeds, thing, it feeds, right? It feeds the... It feeds the the machine. Yeah, yeah. It's, it, yeah. It, does it have value? Yeah, unquestionably. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. I, I, you know, to you to 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 equate it to um, like you know something similar to fiat is probably not a great uh, yeah. you know representation. And and look, let's be honest. Most people denominate their their net worths in you know dollars yeah. or euros or yens or whatever it might be, right? So uh, yeah, I, I think that it's, it's an important distinction to to realize that. But nevertheless, that some people like to use them as 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 payment rails, like or you know as as um, uh, you know as transfer of value yeah. that kind of thing they can do that but um i think ultimately the closest thing we have to money on chain is stable coin stable coin yeah but all of this adds up to real applications that are more kind of digitally oriented and, and that's why these digital currencies and these cryptocurrencies have such demand and and i see the demand continue to grow so what is this so like i always ask myself the question like what does this mean for brands so you have um, these digital currencies that are getting, there's more and more demand for them because there's more applications being built on things like Ethereum so that, you know, there needs to be more tokens to feed the, the machine there. Mm -hmm. There's more transactions happening online and stable coins are facilitating a lot of those. And people are storing some of their wealth now, not in gold, but in Bitcoin. So you have all this volume now kind of growing in these digital currencies. And then so people have these digital currencies. And, um, you know, we see some brands starting to accept digital currencies as a payment method for, the, for, for them. And, and, you know, I'd be curious to, to your thoughts on um, what this means for consumer brands and, and what you, you guys are seeing in terms of their adoption and their use cases and, and, and does it make sense for them? Mm -hmm. um, well, I guess like at the currently at where we're at in the, in the, like the very nascent development of this, I'd say, um, you know, within each layer one blockchain uh, that we mentioned like the, the tokens or like the gas token, uh, yeah. the, the native token to the, to, to that platform. Um, is often what you use to transact on that particular chain. So, like, if you're going to do a, like a, a purchase or sale in in like the Ethereum ecosystem, you use ETH for that. Yeah. And so, um, you know, something you're very familiar with, like stuff like you know, um, digital assets like non fungible tokens yeah. or NFTs, those would be transacted in that native token. And so, if a brand wants to uh, launch a uh, like a uh, like a digital asset, digital twin, or NFT type of uh, product. Yeah then they'll often want to have some sort of functionality enabled yeah. to be able to transact in, in the, the native token. And what's coming soon is um, each time you make one of those purchases, you have to pay gas fees. But actually pretty soon with this account abstraction that's just been put through, um, you, there can be gas fees paid from a different wallet than the person who's transacting. So that'll probably open up and really yeah. make, unlock a lot of uh, important um, uh, user, user experience enhancements. Um, so I guess like today you see like the, the interaction with cryptocurrencies at the brand level, mostly in, in terms of, um, you know, the, the purchase and sale of, of digital assets on, on the particular ecosystem. Um, but a lot of times people want to pay, pay for things with, with, uh, digital assets as well. Yeah. Like, um, you know, I've, I've seen, 
uh, you know, like someone who wants to rent uh, a private jet for a weekend, they want to do it on a Saturday. Um, assuming that they're KYC'd and this whole transaction is compliant, they can pay. Uh, there are like a um, lot of services who will say pay with Bitcoin. That person can then send send Bitcoin to uh, to a wallet, and then the the, the private jet um, lesser will receive cash. Uh, someone else will deal with the uh, with the digital asset, and then the transaction can happen on a on a Saturday. Yeah, um, it's a it's a funny example, right? So, like, I don't know anybody who pays for private jets with cryptocurrencies, but I'm sure they exist. I'm sure there's people who have made enough money in cryptocurrencies where they want to do things, and and that's probably something one of the things they want to do. But I guess you're you're right. So so there's a big demand for these cr- cryptocurrencies because there's just so many applications now that are, they're being used in the internet for. Um, and then you have people who are sitting with a bunch of cryptocurrencies and then they, they would like to buy food, they like to buy clothing, they like to rent private jets or whatever. Um, so, so is it fair to say that there's, um, there's, an, there's, there's a, a, a reasonable use case where if you allow your customers to pay with, a crypt, with cryptocurrencies, um, it's a convenience benefit for a portion of the population? Absolutely. Yeah, and, and a growing one too. Yeah. Right. Like uh, the number of um, accounts with uh, at least one Bitcoin has increased to a million dollars now. Oh, to a million, two million wallets now. Okay. So like that's that, and that's people who have over sixty thousand yeah, dollars, yeah, effectively wow. U.S. Wow. dollars, or yeah. sorry, thirty thousand U.S. dollars of, of the of the token in, in a wallet, right? And the number of wallets um, with 0.01 Bitcoin is like going on a straight line up, even through this, uh, wow. even through this bear market. So the population's growing. It's you know, it's classically a, a very young, uh, tend to be affluent, well-educated, and very international type of audience as well. Um, so, you know, it's, uh, you know, and then it grows every year. Um, yeah. It's, uh, so, so it's, it's, it's a growing segment. Um, and I think that increasingly, as people start to do more, um, uh, more, more transactions on chain, then they like to be able to, um, you know, represent some of that in the, in the real world. So you're starting to see like digital twins or fidgetals yeah. and like the, on the, on the brand and merchandise space. But it, like, you know, that, that similarly comes across in, in monetary basis as well. So there are groups who are working <clears throat> to be able to integrate digital asset um, like stable coin. Let's say you, you make some money on a, on a trade or doing something or you get paid in digital assets, but you want to go and pay some bills in the real world. Yeah. There's like um, credit card merchants who are working to be able to do that yeah, seamlessly. Yeah. Um, there are groups that you can pay with the QR codes. Uh, like you, for example, if you're in Japan, you can pay for your sushi using ETH um, and all that kind of stuff. So it's it's, it's slowly happening. Yeah. Uh, and I, I see that uh, really only starting only growing. I, I just see it as, as I agree with you. I see it as convenience. I see it as like if I if if you're an individual who has um, a lot of Ethereum because you're building applications on the Ethereum blockchain, or you have a bunch of Bitcoin because you've been storing your 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 wealth in Bitcoin, and you want to buy something else it's easier to just take the thing that you have and use that to pay for the thing that you want, right? Um, and I think we're going to see more and more um, kind of like um, convenience that way for people to offer, um, to be able to, 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 to buy things. So so what would you say to, to a consumer brand that's thinking about offering uh, crypto as, as a payment option? Um, yeah, would you, would you say it's a good idea? Would you tell them to wait? Would you say, hey, you don't really lose anything? Like what would be your, your kind of conversation with them? Yeah, I think... I think you know making you're um, starting to have the conversations internally and trying to expl- uh, explore what that might mean for your business is very important. I think it's essential to like recognize that you don't have to do it all yourself. Um, partnering with people who are experts in the space yeah. probably makes a ton of sense. Um, you know they, that, that will avoid a lot of issues. People who have walked other firms through that that kind of journey many times yeah. before can like learn from their best practices and and again bring those learnings to to the next um, um, you know. Uh, interactions. Yeah. So that's a that's a big one. Um, and then 
like it, it doesn't have to be scary, right? The, the, you have to be compliant, that's for sure. But then otherwise, the, the rest of it's not too dissimilar from what you're, you're already doing. Got it. Cool, cool. And then the last question I'll ask you, just because we're big into mass, adopt it, mass adoption and helping more people learn about this stuff. Um, what do you think is going to be the next kind of like driver for adoption? Like, like what's it going to take for my aunt, my uncle, you know, people that are maybe a bit older to start using some of these digital technologies such as, you know, digital currencies? Um, I honestly think it'll, you know, it'll, it'll be, it, I don't think it's going to be something financial, to be honest. Like I worked in finance for, well, I've worked in finance my whole life and yeah. no one cares about what I do. You know, <laughs> yeah. dinner table at the holidays, no one's going to ask what, like, how's the guys going at the bank? Yeah. Uh, How are but, the spreads? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. It's just not, not a thing. Uh, so I think it'll be something more social, um, yeah. something more, more fun, something that people can relate to and probably something where you don't hear about the technology behind it. Yeah. Right. Like one of the cool things right now is it's like verified credentials using blockchain technology to verify, you know, um, someone is who they are and they can access certain pieces of in, like information or physical rooms or whatever it might be. Th that is, that is blockchain technology, but you just don't hear about it. Yeah. Right. It's just like that. And so I think as you start to abstract away from like the, the protocol level specifically and it's just like something that someone's like used to using already or that but maybe has a certain like benefit or different unlock then then we'll that'll be the the thing to kind of onboard people but i'm not sure that um you know we're we're starting to run out of like people who are like you know uh interested in doing um interested in getting onboarding just because yeah. it's like something you know different or whatever yeah. else but I, I do think we're getting closer and closer to the point where um, we're going to get to that that killer app or whatever yeah. it is that'll um, incite everyone to come to come aboard. Love it. Yeah, it, it's got to be experience driven. and It's got to provide real benefits. And if it's easy and it provides those things, then people are going to use it. Yeah. Right. So, Sebastian, it's awesome having you. Thank you. We get asked, we get asked a lot about cryptocurrencies, and uh, we do, we're doing something you know very different, but it is it is tangentially related. So we wanted to have you on, and thank you for for sharing your, your wisdom with us. Thanks for having me. That was awesome. Cool. Cheers.